18,000 revolutions per minute. This isn't music. This is the scream of science. 300 brake horsepower per liter of displacement. Not passing in a blur at 200 miles per hour. And in the middle of the hot metal, the carbon sits flesh and blood. These are the masters of speed. This is Formula And welcome back to the Lights Out Let's Go F1 podcast in association with the season ticket show. I have with me, as always, uh, the trusty company of Rich Mason and Adam Knight. Say hello, boys. Good evening. Hello. And how have you been in this uh, frustrating off-season of no F1 for a couple of months? Cold. Very, 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 very cold. I've been homeschooling, and uh, I thought you were going to say you've you've been homeless, then, Rich. But no, you've been homeschooling. I've been, I've been homeschooling. Although, to be fair, my wife's done uh, more than her fair share of it. In all all honesty, but uh, yeah, it's it's been long, dark, cold days, and itching to get into a new season. Yes, yes, of course. So this week. a little idea of mine is that we are going to discuss uh, who is the GOAT, uh, if anybody doesn't understand that term, the greatest of all time, uh, between Hamilton and Schumacher, seeing that they are now both on seven world championships each. Um, and then we will go into looking at the new car liveries a little bit in depth, uh, because it's been one of the most exciting weeks of F1 for me. I absolutely love the uh, sort of car reveal week. I don't know what it is about the geek in me, but I just love seeing what's going to be new on the car and all the new livery and the new sponsors. It's just something that, you know, really uh, flicks my switch. So let, let's crack into who we think is the GOAT then. So the way that we're going to do this is I gave you boys a bit of homework. Um, and I I asked Rich to have a look at uh, Michael Schumacher and maybe a few sort of falls or against of why we think Schumacher could be the greatest of all time. And I've asked Adam to do the same for Lewis Hamilton. Now, because Rich has Schumacher, because Adam has ha- uh, Hamilton, it doesn't mean that that person necessarily believes that man is the goats. I've just asked them to look at it objectively. So uh, I think we shall start with you, Rich. And uh, go on, give me a, give me the case for Michael Schumacher. The case for Michael Schumacher. Well, you know, this is, um, I think, uh, just at the outset, um, my uh, love of Formula One started in the 80s, um, due to my age, really, I suppose. Mid-80s was my time. Yeah, similar with me. Center era and all the rest of it. And I have to say that I have to be honest, due to other things I was doing, uh, in my life, um, kind of the late 90s, early 2000s, which is right in the Schumacher era. Um, I kind of didn't pay as much. I did pay attention to F1, obviously, but it wasn't it wasn't as easily accessible as it is now on, you know, with the Internet and catch up TV. Yeah. If, you're not, if you're not in on the weekends, you can catch it up during the week. So I missed a lot of races and what have you. But um, it, 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 and and I think in the press at the time, Schumacher was always you know always boring another Schumacher win, and, and that's really I think when my first kind of pro comes from, in all honesty, because in terms of the amount of wins that he's had and the amount of championships that he's had, he really set his own precedence as far as that's concerned. There was no target for him to go and look at. You know, Lewis has had this seven world championship kind point. of target as much as. As much as he's never said, you know, expressly, I want to beat Michael Schumacher's record, I, I've said for a long time, I think it's been in his mind for quite some time. But pr- Schumacher in his time never had that. This was a completely different thing. Up to that point, everybody lauded that, you know, nobody was going to do what Man Manuel Fangio did with five yeah, world championships. five, wasn't it? Yeah. Five was amazing. You know, Prost of the recent era of drivers had four. Um, you know, and then and then you have you have several people with three world titles to their to their mind uh, to their name as well. So, I just think in terms of that precedent, he set his own targets as well. You know, this was this was completely new, completely different, and and he said himself, targets are there to be broke. 
which obviously Lewis is, you know, is is is, is looking to to achieve. But um, you know, to, to to set that to set that up to start with, I think it says there's an awful lot for for Michael uh, and his approach. I also think that um, he has taken the fundamentals and has built a team from nothing. When he joined Benetton, they were not um, competitive. Um, uh, likewise at Ferrari, now you can argue that that actually what, what they did with Ferrari was essentially take a lot of the people that they built the Benetton team with, you know, notably um, Ross Braun, yeah. and, and, and then brought those foundations to Ferrari. You know, Lewis in his first year, and 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 I think one of the stats that you 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 plucked out Dan before now is that you know Lewis has won a Grand Prix in every year he's competed, which is Correct. phenomenal. But it does goes to show you that he has had a competitive car pretty much every year he's been in the sport. Um, I appreciate that the McLaren, you know, sort of 2009 was not a brilliant car. It has to be said, but you know he's he's had a he's had a certainly a, a car capable of winning a Grand Prix on its day. You know, when, when Schumacher came into it, his first race was in 91 for Jordan. Um, and when he walked into that first race, he was um, he was um, standing in for, um, well, uh, who do you think he was standing in for in that first race? Oh, I, no, I knew Throw I was going to ask you that. Um, Throw a little it... something out there, feverishly pounding away on your phone. Yes, I don't know. Um... Adam, you got any oh. clue? No, I feel like I should, Olivia but I don't. Panis? I'll be honest. No, it was Bertrand Gascher that he stood in. Oh, okay. And he because uh, he was actually a paid driver, seven... wasn't he, Schumacher? He paid for that seat, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So in yeah. 1991, he stood in for Bertrand Gascher at the uh, Belgian Grand Prix, and he uh, he qualified seventh, uh, which was four places higher than his teammate, who was the extremely experienced André de Cesaris at the time. Yeah. Um, and he uh, got up to fifth before he had to retire due to clutch failure, you know, but that was very much Michael coming into the sport and going bang. And that was a, that, you know, that Jordan of that year was an uncompetitive car. And I think if we look at, you know, he's, he's so he's been, I think he's been proven in uncompetitive cars at the start of his career. And then, you know, he's, he built the team with Benetton, you know, he got the first win uh, in 1992, um, you know, with, 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 with Benetton. And that was, you know, that, where was it with Benetton? 92 was with Lotus. I think it was Lotus in 92. Um, and it was, uh, it was that switch to dry dry tyres that got him his first win in 92. It was just, you know, yeah. was, everyone was looking at that going, you know, the man's got strategy. And if you look at some of his wins, I think one of his biggest, one of his biggest, I think I put it down as a con as well. His biggest thing is his determination. Um, yeah. And it's, it's competitive determination. He's got uh, a real grit and steel, isn't he, to actually just, just be he very, just very... He doesn't take no for an answer. And he yeah. doesn't give up at all. So, uh, you know, if we take... Um, oh, where do we say? He, um, I'm trying to think where it was now. Uh, Spanish Grand Prix 1994 with Benetton. He was stuck in fifth gear for the majority yeah. of the race. And he still finished second and he matched Damon Hill's pace that year and funny yeah, enough and that was stuck he drove around the car he just would not give up at all yeah and, and funny enough because because we're comparing you know the two of them I think that's one thing that both of them seem to have in abundance yes. is they are both completely relentless you know it, yeah. it even if you know they they are well ahead in the championship they will not relent to try and win a race to make sure that championship's, oh, uh, you know, wrapped up. They are both uh, relentless competitors. You know, absolutely. And, and Hamilton has had that level. I mean, you're quite right, he is. But, I, you know, this is a quality that I think Schumacher has as well. I mean, you look yeah. at 2006 Brazil, he got a puncture on lap nine, uh, was at the back of the field and ended up fourth after overtaking the entire field uh, to get, up, well, obviously to get from uh, last yeah. up to fourth. Um, you know, and he, he just does not stop. As you say, you know, his, his relentless determination, um, I think, is, is a strong uh, part of his, his makeup. Um, I also think it's one of the, you know, we had to do pros and cons. I think it's on the sort of slightly negative side that occasionally his competitiveness has clouded his judgment. Um, it and has. I think, you know, this well documented that he's a dubious tactic, certainly. 
some might <laughs> some might call it dubious tactics. I mean, at some one might point, call, he t- some might call it cheating. <laughs> at one point, he turned Monaco into a car park when he just parked it at Raskas, didn't he? <laughs> yes, dubious tactics in some cases, bloody dangerous, and then parking it at Raskas, you know, <laughs> during qualifying is probably not. You know, so there are things that he's done. I also think on the on the sort of more negative side of things, um, and I think it goes to different eras. And this is the other thing is. Greatest of all time in terms of stats, you know, it is a difficult one and they both have seven titles. But, you know, in Schumacher's era, you know, they had they were allowed testing, certainly in the earlier part of his career. Yeah. And, you know, he used to just get out in between races and just pan the testing laps in. And, and that's something that, you know, Lewis has got the simulator, but it just isn't the same. Um, and I also I think the other bit is that I, I think that Lewis... I think if we talk, I mean, cons for, for Schumacher are that his teammates have always clearly from the get-go played second fiddle and that's it. They've been in a support role. So he's always had that team built around him um, yeah. and the teammates that he's had have not been as strong. I mean, if you look at, you know, the first year in F1 and and, and Hamilton gets Alonso, two-time world champion as his teammate and, and beats him. Um, you know, he's also had, you know, when, when Jensen came into the team, he was a proven world champion. He had Rosberg, who became a world champion during his time there, and all the rest of it is clearly a very, very capable driver. So, you know, and they've always had that thing that, there, you know, there are no team orders at the start of the season. It's only when that, you know, that, that, that lead is established that the team orders will come into play later on, and that's a tactical thing for the team as well, which I totally get. Um, but, you know, Schumacher did have that kind of base in that, that, that his teammates would be uh, would be playing sec- second fiddle from the get go, really. I think so. I, I find you know, that that's a little con side of things. Yeah, I, I find that quite an interesting point because quite often, um, you know, there's criticism, um, particularly of Hamilton in the era that he's in, where they say, oh, you know, it's all the car, he's got the best car, um, you know, it's so ahead of everyone else. Um, and they hark back to, you know, the 80s, 90s, maybe even the early 2000s that, you know, men were men and, you know, the, the sport was completely different. But you're right that, you know, they're quite often in teams were a very clear one and two, and number two driver from the get go. You know, Schumacher's always really had that, that he was the number one driver. And also the whole grid is a lot closer now so yes the Mercedes is dominant but you're only talking you're talking kind of fractions of seconds quite often over, over qualifying and things whereas you look back to the 90s and you know some of the cars were 10-15 seconds off you know it, it, it's it was quite a difference back then and um, there's certainly pros and cons for both of, eras yeah I think some of them were I think we, you know we have I mean if you look at sort of quality so I think I think that's very true from certainly the late 80s early 90s you had those cars that were really off the back end of the grid but they did try to tighten that up um you know by introducing the sort of uh, timings that you've got to be within in order to race on the sunday but yeah you know i think from from trying to get back on sort of a bit more of the positive with schumacher i think you know if you if you look there's some there's some fantastic footage online there's actually a really great piece of footage from monza 2011 um between lewis hamilton uh in the mclaren and Michael Schumacher on his return in the Mercedes, um, in, in, in the Mercedes. and it's 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 great to watch. It's fantastic. It's about a quarter of an hour long of footage of basically Lewis Hamilton trying everything he can to try and get around Schumacher, and he's calm. It's, Schumacher is a really really wily person. He's yeah. very very difficult to overtake, even when he came back into the sport. And 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 you know that sort of last four years he did with Mercedes um, sort of showed that, that the four years out that he had, the sport had really moved on hugely. Um, and when he, see, he did 2010, 11 and 12, didn't he? So that, that's right. Yeah. So, uh, and, you know, and, and, you know, the sport had, mo- had moved on massively. But, you know, in terms of what Schumacher has been capable of, you look through his career, you take, I don't know, 1995 European Grand Prix, three stops he did throughout the, the race and he took 25 seconds out of Jean Alesi in the last 15 laps and overtook him in one. Um, you know, I've mentioned that he was stuck in fifth gear for the 94 Spanish Grand Prix, his first win in changeable conditions, which is always a sign that somebody's going to do something quite special. I think, you know, yeah. Sebastian Vettel's first win was, was with, with uh, Toro Rosso was in a torrential rain and horrible conditions. That was in Monza. Um, 06 Brazil, he had a, that puncture he had, 
Um, you know, they they chat. And the other thing is, when he worked with the team, I think this is one of the things that that that, that has it in for, uh, good for Schumacher is that team that he had with with Ross Braun strategizing '98 Hungary. They switched, and, and Mika Hakkinen was 16 points ahead in the championship at that point, and they had to do something different. Uh, and what they did was was to come up with a three-stop strategy. And in order for that three-stop strategy to work, and this was when they were refueling as well, Schumacher had to bang in qualifying laps for the whole race. Every yeah. single lap was you just go balls out as fast as you can. And, and yeah. he made it work, and they they won that race, and and it was it was a ballsy strategy because they knew they couldn't get it, they couldn't get Hackenden and McLaren on the same sort of strategy, so they just went, you know what, well, let's try you know try something different, and I think that 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 um, ability to you know absolutely make himself central to the team, but but work with the team as well is clearly what worked at Benetton and what they moved forward into Ferrari, and to be honest with you, you could say that that laid the foundations for the Mercedes team that we have as well. Because let's not forget the Mercedes team that's been so dominant is previously the 09 Braun GP team with Ross Braun at the helm, and you know prior to that, you know it, it wasn't only if it wasn't long before that, that that Ross Braun was at Ferrari, and we can trace that back to Benetton. So, really, truthfully, this is possibly a 20-year legacy for some of the people that are involved. Certainly through the, you know, through the um, the involvement of Jean Todd at Ferrari and Aldo Costa and Rory Byrne and people like that, and Flavio at Benetton, you know. But the, the, the core team with Ross Braun in it, you can see that picture all the way through. And I think his, uh, you know, that that that's really been a, a you know in setting a standard that's just been way ahead of anything else. I think that's where Michael Schumacher has been absolutely fantastic, and uh, he also appeared on Top Gear and was quite funny. So that's kind of where I'm going to rest my case for Michael Schumacher. <laughs> and he punched David Coulthard. <laughs> Which is always a positive in 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 my book. And he did punch. He did punch David. Yeah, that's that's, that's definitely that's a, a positive. That's a dangerous thing to do. The man's got a sharp chin. <laughs> that's this is very true. This is very true. <laughs> well, so Rich, I mean, pretty much. So I've got in quick bullet form my force and against for Schumacher, and it pretty much mirrors what you said to the points where he was the original rainmaster. You know, he won many wet races. He was the sort of real early leader in, in that sort of time where, you know, when you had changeable conditions or when it was wet, he just shone. I, I, I've got Spain in 96 pulled out here, which is what I think you um you yeah. were alluded First to. First Ferrari win. Oh, man. Yeah, that's that right. He, 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 he was second, second um, when the grid lined up, I think. He was sixth uh, once they started. He put two great moves, one on a Lacey, one on a, a Eddie Irvine. Once he got ahead of the field, never looked back and just destroyed everyone in the wet. That 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 was brilliant. Arguably, got... in, in arguably in, in conditions that that perhaps they would have stopped the race. Yeah, nowadays I think the, the race wouldn't have gone ahead. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, and I've got here that he had the real sort of what I would say um, is the um, real political nags to build a team around him. So he had that team. At Benetton, you know, he moved the people with him. They, you know, they could see that he was somebody special, and they wanted to go with him to Ferrari from Benetton. So you know, Ross Braun and a few people went with him, and then he built a team at Ferrari. But he galvanized that team, and they, you know, he made sure he was the number one. He was special enough to make people in the garage want to be on his side of the garage as such, and even things like a the the tire supplier. You know, so Bridgestone, they basically made tyres just for Schumacher that only Schumacher had access to. Yep. You know, it, 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 people wanted to be in his camp. And that's a, a mark of a fantastic, you know, talent, I think. Um, the, my points against, um, he could be very petulant at times. Um, but I put it down as petulant. I think you said it in a slightly better way where he had that drive to win. So there's th the time when he bumped into Hill. Uh, when they were fighting for on in Adelaide uh, for the championship, and Schumacher made a mistake, he hit the wall. Hill was about to pass him. He clearly turned into him and ruined Hill's race. Uh, race, and he ended up winning the championship. He did it the following year to Jacques Villeneuve. Um, okay, it, it was a, it was a different result this time, and he ended up having some race bans for the following season, didn't he? I, I believe. But again, it's that steely determination, but can be shown as petulant and can be shown seen as a weakness i suppose because you know he he well you could say 
cheated, I suppose. With you know, it, it, it was proven with the Jacques Villeneuve one, you know, and when he parked his car at Rascas at Monaco to stop, it was Alonso, wasn't it? It was to stop Alonso getting a uh, pole position timing. Um, I think having those tyres from Bridgestone, um, you know, I put it also a, a, against because if you've got that sort of advantage, you know. Well, are you the best driver or do you have the best equipment? It's always an age-old, I think, discussion in Formula One. Uh, you had the Benetton years, you know, did they have traction control? Mm, there was some software lingering in the computer setup. I, you know, uh, I think recently it's been proven that perhaps they did when they shouldn't have. Um, yeah. I don't know. So does that, again, say that they have machinery that other people didn't have? Is that why he won? I think you can go either way and probably say no, no or yes on that. You know, he's a great talent, but those sorts of things go against him, I suppose. But um, yeah, I, I think that pretty much, pretty much what I had when I had a had a brief look at uh, Schumacher's career, really. So yeah, yeah, that's excellent. So Adam, let's come on to, to Sir Lewis Hamilton then. And uh, what do you reckon the case is for Sir Lewis Hamilton? So, Sir Lewis, so I went through and I kind of tried to break up my thinking a little bit into in a couple of different categories or a couple of different perspectives. So I looked at stats. You can't ignore stats, and we'll come back to those in a second. Yeah. Um, I also looked at um, just the whole idea of just the pure speed as a, as a comparison between the two. Um, their overall kind of racecraft, if you like, yeah. you know, um, and, and then... Coming back to um, uh, an area that Rich was talking about was the, you know, the rivalries. So I want to look at rivalries, um, the sportsmanship and the legacy, right? So yeah. um, let's, start, let's, let's start with the stats real fast. Okay, stats aren't everything, no, but in this case, we can't ignore them, right? So they're yeah, definitely not. And again, I realize that the whole, the, the, whole com- the, whole, the whole conversation is very much, is very subjective, right? It's, it's Marmite versus Vegemite. It's Rovers <laughs> versus City. It's Manning versus Brady. It's you know, whatever you want it to be. But let's look at the stats. We know the key stats, right? You know, we, we know where we are with the World Championship. We know where we are with polls. We know the point finishes, yeah. the podiums, um, and so on and so on. There are only really actually three arguably key stats or, you know, before you start getting into just kind of crazy um, pieces of history. But there are three stats, actually, that Schumacher still leads the way on. Anybody want to guess what those are or know what those are? On what Schumacher leads on, do you say? Yeah, that Schumacher still leads Hamilton. Laps led. It is laps led, isn't it? It's not laps led, but it's 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 not laps led actually. It's most fastest laps is Schumacher, uh, okay. and it's seventy-seven okay. to fifty-three. Oh, okay. Uh, most uh, most I mean, laps, laps laps yeah lap, laps led. I don't know. We'd have to be def- most wins in a season. Yep, thirteen to eleven. Thirteen to eleven. Yeah. And also a podium streak in the season. The other... he, he got 17 out of 17? No, one? it's actually most consecutive wins. Most consecutive wins, okay, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, seven, seven, to, seven to five. Um, now, let's remember, so polls, 97 to 68. Point finishes, 227 to 221. Podiums, 163 to 155. Um and let's remember, he did all of that with around about 40 less career starts so far. So what's Lewis yeah. at? 264, 265. And yeah. I think, uh, I think Schumacher was 306. I mean, that's... Yeah. I think I think Schumacher was 306. Yeah, okay, yeah. Was it's the stat I read. There, isn't it? Yeah. So that's, that's, that's 40 starts. That's two seasons. Yeah. That's, that's, that's pretty significant. Um, races until their first poll. Lewis was five, Schumacher forty-one. Yeah. Races to force win, first win, six to Schumacher's eighteen. Yeah. So stats again, trying to be you know, just you know, just just laying them out for what they are. Stats. Um, uh, if if you were taking just the stats, and we know whether we're not, if we're taking just the stats, it's pretty clear where you, where you have to come down um, 
uh, after having looked at just that. So then you try and look at pure speed. So F1 drivers are very often judged just on their pure raw talent as a, as as um, against how that, how that translates into raw speed. Um, I tried looking at this, but really, when you realize that Lewis has the most poles, Schumacher has the most fastest laps, it's probably a wash, it's probably a tie. We're going to come down to very, very subjective decisions. So I decided that that was a tie. But you've also got to race, remember race craft. There is, is with the fastest laps, funny enough, so the last two seasons, there's now a point attached to the fastest laps. You quite often get somebody Granted. a bit lower down the, the grid, say in ninth or tenth, pit on the last lap or you know the last but one lap for a new set of tyres and go for a fastest lap, which means Hamilton gets you know hampered there because he doesn't always get that, that fastest lap, perhaps. True, but don't let's not forget it's not like they're it's been close. Hamilton is fifty three versus Schumacher seventy seven. Yeah, yeah. So true. yes, I take your point. Yeah, but you're yeah he's still he's still twenty four shy, right? So he's a, he's a good season of taking every single fast lap before yeah, you yeah. can even That's start right. to challenge that seventy seven. Um, then we come on to that the whole racecraft strategy. Um, I think that that's probably just. Even too hard to compare, frankly. I think that um, we we talked about the tires. Um, Hamilton's become known for being able to kind of manage that race, manage those tires. Um, Schumacher had the benefit of the, the the Bridgestone years and having tires that were really built specifically for that car that he was in. Yeah. Um, and everything that we you know, we already talked about in the previous discussion. So is that really a fair comparison? I don't know. I I I I I still feel that Lewis has a better command within the race. I'm sure that you know I'm not I'm not taking anything away from Schumacher out of the race, planning the, the race, analysis of the race after but in the way the way lewis actually manages the strategy or is a very key part of the strategy even when he's in the cockpit doing 200 miles an hour and having to deal with 19 other cars um you know he he will do whatever they tell him to do the cars are very different the electronics and the, and the things that the driver can control are very different um but uh yeah i just i, I just I, I felt like that that was just again and i don't know how fair of a comparison to that even is anymore um yeah. but just because the strategies are so massively different right you know the um in fuel you know uh, sorry uh, in race refueling versus no you know your 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 um specifically managed tires versus not and we've got so let's look at rivals. greater we, we've got access to greater data now as well isn't it so you actually see how the strategy unfolds more rather than perhaps in schumacher sure didn't necessarily see what he was commanding or controlling, I suppose. Exactly. So then you come into the rivalries. So let's let's think about you know the uh, who they've come up against. As we know that there's always the the, the conversation around why well, he's the fastest driver because he's in the fastest car. They've both had that opportunity afforded to them, right? You yeah. know the the dominant Mercedes years versus the dominant Ferrari years. So therefore, you have to look at well, okay, then when, who, you know, who were they actually up against while they were in those cars and, and, and how did they fare um, a, a, across those seasons? Oh, by the way, there was one, um, one stat that I did want to come back to when we, when we talk about dominant cars. They weren't always in dominant cars and they both had their seasons where they weren't in dominant cars. Another case I want to put forward um, to the ladies and gentlemen of the jury is that there's one other very key stat that, Lewis has achieved that Schumacher did not. And that is, even though he had years in less dominant cars, he still won a race every year of his career. Yeah. That is so true. Think about that for a second. It is, it is an impressive Right. Stat. So it's even when he was put, stat. even when he was in sub, sub, you know, subpar cars, he found a way to win a race. Anywho. So let, let's we, look we at some argue, of the. We, we could argue the level of the substandardness of the car. Oh, yeah, we can, but we're not going to. No. 
That's fair. <laughs> so, so let's think. Um, Schumacher, as far as you know, the other side of his, um, other side of the garage, his teammates only ever came up against one world champion on the other side of the garage. Who was? Oh, I've had a complete blank. 1991. 1991. Don't know. Well, he stood in for Jordan first race. 1991, his world championship teammate was <clears throat> Nelson Piquet. Oh, was it? Interesting. Interesting. Yes, it was. That one. Yeah, that's interesting. Hmm. That is interesting. Whereas, whereas if you, if you look at Hamilton and some of the, the, uh, um, the folks that he's come up against, obviously, you know, we, we, we've spoken before Alonso. Um, we know he ultimately came up against Rosberg, whether you count him as a world champion or not. Um, uh, he's, he, he won Button. his first title, Jensen Button. Yeah. He, yeah. Won his fir- he won his first title against Kimi Raikkonen. So he, yeah. you know, he, he, he clearly has truly come up against... Um, um, the, you know some 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 really class teammates and come out on top. I mean, like I said, you know, to tie Alonso his his rookie year was was something pretty special. Um, the other thing, you know, so you know, you start you start going outside and you know the other the other drivers that Hamilton has, has dealt with again through his career. I just feel like the the level of talent on the grid is higher than it was through the Schumacher era. Um, of course, he had, yes, he had the um, Senna early in his career, um, and tragically, you know, had it, had 1994 Imola not taken place, what would that have meant to Schumacher's stats and uh, yeah, the the following to come World Championships? I mean, he a, almost uh, that is a very good point, Adam. I've always a long long pondered point about the tragedy of Senna is actually what that would have done because Senna had three titles at that point and clearly was going to go on for a fourth and, and right. you know, Senna would have got a fifth at some point, I'm not sure. And that would and, and, upset the apple cart between certainly Schumacher and also Mika Hacken. Well. Funny enough, yeah. uh, the way, last... Go on, uh, go on, Rich. I was just going to say, I did I did uh, muck up earlier on because he was, uh, he'd been at Benetton since the back end of 91. And he was at Benetton in 92 when he took his first win. Sorry, I mentioned Lotus. And that was because of the livery. It was, I think, Camel. I think. There you go. We'll come on yeah, to the Yeah, the yellow later. Camel one. So, okay. <laughs> you, you, you gotta, you've got to correct yourself when you get a stat wrong in uh, in this uh, wonderful world of Formula 1. But, you, no, you're absolutely right, Adam. It's uh, it's a very, very, very good point. Because I was just saying, yeah, and, and, uh, and, yeah, last, and last, to that last, point... Did... Last year on, on the season ticket show, funny enough, I was going to say that um, we did a show uh, that was what could have been. And one of mine was that if Senna would have walked away from that crash, uh, out, you know, that he ultimately died at, um, I pretty much worked out that he would have taken quite a few of uh, Schumacher's titles away from him, you know, in, in, in those years, particularly through the 90s. Uh, in the Williams, I don't think Schumacher would have won in the Benetton. Um, it's even possible at that point then that um, Senna could have ended up going to Ferrari, and could he have done the same as what Schumacher did there? So yeah, I, I think it, it's it's a good point by Senna. Mm. Yeah, I th- and, and and that was that was really my point, right? And and, and even even in '94, with you know. Um, uh, Senna being, you know, obviously um, um, not complete that season, and losing and uh, handing really handing that uh, world championship effectively on a plate to Schumacher, he still only took it by one point after aforementioned collision with Damon Hill, and you know, yeah. so so you know how you know how dominant is that is that really going forward? Um, what else do they have here? So, yeah, you could, so argue, sports... you could argue Toyota gave Lewis Hamilton his first world title, though. That's fair, <laughs> <laughs> there's that too. Um, sportsmanship, I'm gonna leave it pretty much there. I think, I, yeah. I, I, 
Yeah. <laughs> the only yeah. I, 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 I will I will give one thing to Schumacher, one thing to Schumacher on the on the side of sportsmanship, and that is that even after the controversy of '94, at the end when he was uh, he was presented the world championship, he did actually say this should be Ayrton's. If I if if Ayrton were still here, I would not be holding this trophy. So I'll, I'll give, give him that credit. But that's about all the credit I'm going to give him. Andy punched David Coulthard. <laughs> Andy punched David Coulthard. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> and then um, when, 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 you, when you, you, invariably when you have these kind of goat debates, it's normally looking back on, uh, you know, uh, stars of, of days and years gone by. So you can start to talk about legacy. I think, again, that's very difficult and probably not a comparison that you can make just because who knows what Schumacher's legacy would have been had he have had a chance to pursue um, whatever he was going to pursue post-racing career. I think that you know um, uh, what, what Lewis is starting to do now to transcend the sport and, and use the, you know, the, the camera that is on the sport to push other agendas um, and to push his beliefs and you know, doing all the right things. Again, as we all know, sadly, Michael didn't get the chance to do that because of his um, um, uh, subsequent accident and, and uh, personal life from there on then. So that's, you know, again, very sad. Don't know what, we, what he would or would not have been done to the sport. Maybe we'd be looking at him with, or I would have been able to look at him with different eyes uh, with regards to you know what what he's now bringing to the sport is as a whole rather than what he can bring to Michael, because again coming back to the rivalry stuff he he definitely built teams with I am the number one and they are the number two, and I don't believe that that Lewis has ever done that from a you know building that that clear advantage within the garage. Yeah, I'd I'd, I'd agree with that. Adam. Lewis has always seemed to revel in having that that pressure. Um, you know, it's it, it, you know it backfired on him on a couple of occasions. Um, you know, when things haven't quite gone well, but he does seem to really enjoy winning from a position that you would you know the challenge of him being midfield and really having to fight for a win. Those seems to be the ones that seem to give him the most yeah. satisfaction. I think. Yeah, and, and one one of the things I'm you know, I'm really looking forward to, and, he, and he's alluded that he'll he'll talk about it eventually, but I would like to hear from Lewis in his eventual autobiography about the the Rosberg years and the things that were going on on the other side of the garage. And he's you know he's alluded to the fact that he'll talk about it one day. Clearly, he can't right now, um, but it, it's going yeah. to be interesting to see that perspective yeah i agree with you and i think um yeah it, 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 and you, you you said it yourself when these you have these goat debates of you know and, and it's always it'll always be sort of brought with schumacher and hamilton it, until hamilton if he does get that eighth title it's you know they've both got seven world titles and who was the best and how they went about it but you know the eras are different and it's it's kind of strange that it's a facet of F1 that the, 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 the different areas of the sport are so vastly different. Um, you know, exactly. Football, yeah, the boots have changed. The ball's a little less heavy. and But, you know, fundamentally, it's the same sort of game. The same with rugby and golf. You know, the equipment gets slightly better. But fundamentally, you know, you look at some of the golf courses they're playing on, they're still playing on the classic courses that they have. And, OK, we have some of the classic tracks that have never changed, like Monaco. Um, but you know the, the the technology just moves on such. I, I watched a really cool video. Um, it's um, it's uh, side by side comparison. You know when they do uh, pole lap and who was second and 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 the side by side comparison. This is Hamilton and Schumacher um, quali laps um, 2018 versus 2003. Um, and I forget which circuit it's at. It's on uh, it's on YouTube. Watched it a few days ago. And the difference is nearly eight seconds. It's seven and a bit seconds. And you just see how much speed Hamilton can carry through a corner in comparison to Schumacher. You know, Schumacher's car, don't get me wrong, sounds way better. It sounds much nicer. <laughs> it, but, you 
you know, the, the speed that, that Hamilton can, you know, that the modern era of cars can carry now yeah. is just stupid. And, you know, in these GOAT debates, you know, my, my view is that it's all pointless because Jim Clark was the best and that's the end of story as far as I can <laughs> Yeah, no, that's, that, that, that's fair. I mean, in my sort of summary that I had for, uh, for Lewis, again, is, is you know, it, 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 it's some similar themes really. So I, I did have that, you know, Schumacher was the original Rainmaster. Lewis has become the, the new Rainmaster. I mean, both of them, you know, sublime in the wet, um, particularly... I mean, last year, you know, Schumacher's drive in Turkey where um, his teammate Bottas spanned six times. You know, Lewis never put a foot wrong. And he destroyed the field. It was a slippery track as well. You know, it, it, it was just a phenomenal race. People go on about, you know, Ayrton at Donington and stuff like that. But, um, you know, yeah, Hamilton in Turkey is, is a race that was just absolutely phenomenal for him. Um, he... Ha- People always say that, you know, oh, he's always had the best car. He hasn't always had the best car. He's been close to it. So I think I think what you said, Rich, is, you know, it's how bad a car has been compared to perhaps, you know, a car that Schumacher's driven that hasn't been the best. But I would still say that, you know, I think one of the best qualifying performances I've ever seen was a couple of years ago at Silverstone for, Schum- uh, for um, Hamilton, you know, on a track that, Actually, Ferrari uh, with Vettel was the quicker car um, all weekend. And Lewis put in an unbelievable pole lap, you know, to, to actually claim claim that pole. It was possibly one of the best laps that I've ever seen. You know, it's, he can pull something like that. You know, it, so it doesn't mean he was in the worst car, but he was in a car that at that track at that time wasn't as fast as, as the Ferrari. Um, yeah. and, you know, just put in one hell of a lap. You know, it, he can pull that out. I, it's amazing. It's true. I think the difficulty is this. I mean, there's one thing that I think Schumacher's done that Hamilton hasn't, and that's come back from a reasonably significant injury, and I'll pull out Malaysia 1999 after Schumacher yeah. broke his leg earlier in the season. Yeah. And he came back. That was his first qualifying back. Um, and wasn't sure how it was going to go and ended up being a second ahead of everybody in qualifying, which was an absolute, you know, a massive gap at that point. Um, you know, so I'm not sure Lewis has ever had a significant injury that's, that, that's, that's set him back. Other than, I think the only time he's not he's missed races has been, uh, has been through COVID, um, you know, and he's, um, you know, that was obviously we had, we had what we had with George Russell last year but I, I you know that's the only thing i can think you know that he hasn't come back from a significant injury not to say that he would not and i'm sure he would be fantastically determined and probably do something similar but uh you know it's not something we've seen but you know it just shows you that schumacher's basic bloody mindedness is, is pretty strong pretty yeah, yeah, yeah. Bastard, so. yeah. <laughs> i mean my other four for for hamilton is you know his sportsmanship you know he's always very fair you know he's yeah. rarely marding yeah controversy there has been some controversy but i think his sportsmanship you cannot question you know he would rather win or lose with the right thing happening rather than win with the wrong thing happening you know at which Mm. perhaps schumacher didn't have but i i think lewis has definitely got you know a hell of a lot of that you know he, he 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 He's not win at all costs, so you know it's not necessary to drive someone off the track uh, unfairly. And I think there's, I think there's a, I think there's a very good reason for that. I've just sort of thought of, and it leads back to your point, Adam, about legacy. And sadly, Michael's never been able to, or hasn't had been afforded the opportunity to establish that post uh, racing career legacy because of his skiing accident and, and what we know from that. But I do think that Hamilton has had one eye on what he's going to do after racing for a while. Exactly. Hence his his very very uh, you know wanting to wanting to go about winning in the right way. You know he's wanting to yeah. come out of the yeah, sport yeah. and people to turn around and say, do you know what? Fair play to you. You didn't have to resort because you know they, they, they've all done it. You know let's let's be honest. You know Alonso was involved in that thing that Renault did a few years ago, and you know obviously Schumacher's bits in the past and, and you go back to Senna as well you know Senna did, did some dubious things over the years as well absolutely you yeah. know they've, they've kind of all done well, it um you know, all, and I yeah. think it's one of the things that Hamilton has had one eye on I don't want 
I want a dominant career, clearly. But I, I, I don't want people to sit there and think, mm, you know, well, if you hadn't been, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, it's, it's important yeah, for the legacy aspect, which he's clearly met moving forward with now. I agree. Um, something else I had uh, on the against for Hamilton is <laughs> there's the, these odd weekends, maybe one or, one or two a year, where he can really go missing. You know, he, he, he just somehow, is, uh, there's an occasional weekend in a season where he just loses his head. You know, he spends the whole time on the radio moaning about the tyres, moaning they're going off, yet he's putting in fastest laps and things. Um, and, you know, he could end up pulling off a an awful result out of nowhere and just the whole weekend he just loses his head but sometimes he needs that to galvanize him for them for the for the rest of the season but i don't think you ever really saw schumacher have those weekends where he just went missing you know i think that's probably a fair point yeah he was uh, he, you know it goes back to the point that he you know they both are um but uh, you know schumacher was particularly relentless yeah, across all aspects. <laughs> I mean, I would I would also say so. There's one thing um, that uh, we kind of um, haven't necessarily looked at that, and that's and that's uh, overall influence. So I think Schumacher, even from his young years, had huge influence over the teams he was racing for. You know, I, I think I said it earlier on in the show where you know he was he was able to galvanize people at at, at Benetton. People wanted to move to him, uh, with you know to Ferrari with him and things. I think sometimes Lewis, um, can be led by people, particularly in his younger career. And I'm looking at the McLaren sort of Ligate and things like that. You know, he did get mired in a bit of con- controversy there because he. He perhaps he's always had self belief, but I don't know what it is. But sometimes he's allowed things to lead him where he should have been stronger and led. That yeah, you're 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 talking about when you're talking about when they kind of misled the stewards, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it was in the second year or something. I think. I mean, yeah. I mean, I I I get where you're coming from, but I also think that I don't know that that would happen now. I think that you're you're the second year in F1. You're you're a, he was a little more than a kid, and if that's Great. the way your engineering and, and your team is taking it, aren't you just going to go along? I think it would be it would be it would be very easy to get sucked into that and almost be towing the team line before you even realize what you've done. I mean, to your point, he's still being led, um, but I don't know that that was anything more than just immaturity no at that I, 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 very I, I, early stage yeah. of his career yeah it's, it's definitely immaturity i mean you've had 2011 which you would say was his uh anus horribles you know where he didn't uh bode too well and he was sort of scrapping for places with uh felipe massa um and jensen beat him over that season um and it was because of outside influences in his life he let sort of get to him and and, and sort I, of get in the way yeah but it's but it's I like to refer them as the as, as the shirt singer years. The shirt singer years. I wouldn't, exactly. mind, I wouldn't mind shirt singer to influence my life like that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so here's a couple of bizarre or not not bizarre stats, but records that um, you may not have seen, and see if you can guess um, these. So, who um, has won in the most seasons in F1? Out of Schumacher and Hamilton, so you know, so they won a race in a season. Count up those seasons. Who's won the most? Well, like I said, I said earlier, I know, I know, Hamilton's the only person to have won a race in yes. in every season in of every his career. Season. Correct. Schumacher. And, okay, so how how many are you saying? I think he's won a race in something like. Oh, why did I just push him out of there? My maths wasn't very good, was it? Oh, I've got to st- I've got to go with it now, haven't I? I mean, you're 13, right. It, 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 he's done so it, it 
No, it's oh, okay, Sh- that's good. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. It is Schumacher. I'm sitting there going, God, 2008 is 12 years. It's like 12 years to 2020, but Schumacher's yeah. done it. Is it 13 seasons he's done it? So Schumacher's done it in 15 seasons. Lewis has done it in 13. 15, 15 seasons. But obviously, Lewis is the only one to win in every season because Schumacher didn't do it when he came back to Mercedes. Um, yeah, so right, Schumacher right. won in 15 seasons. Lewis has won in 13. So by next year, assuming uh, Lewis carries on, it's quite probable that he's going to equal that record as well. Um, how about the most starts with a single constructor? Lewis. Okay. Are you saying yeah, Lewis? It's, Lewis. it's actually Schumacher. Say Lewis. So Schumacher's had 179 starts um, for Ferrari. Hamilton is 28 behind. I thought that was quite an interesting start. Really? Yeah. I'm surprised by that because how long Sam? How long has he been at Ferrari? Schumacher. He was there. Two thousand. There's one, two, three, four, uh, five. Oh, maybe he was there seven years, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. So Hamilton's about a season and a bit behind, basically. Okay. So there you go. Wow. Okay. So the longest podium streak. Schumacher. Adam, what are you going with? I'm going to go with Schumacher just purely off of the back that he has the most consecutive wins. Mm. So that's got to help out. Yeah, it's true. So Schumacher. No, actually, no. No, the answer is Schumacher. (laughs) Okay. So what, what was the, what was the, didn't this, didn't this come up for conversation in this past season? So isn't that Hamilton must be knocking right on the door then? So uh, Schumacher had a streak of 19 in a row. Lewis has 16. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, say, I, see, I, seem to remember it, I seem to remember it being a conversation recently. So uh, obviously, um, so the most polls we know is uh, Lewis. Um, he's 30 ahead of Schumacher. So Lewis has 98. Um, it's 30 ahead of Schumacher, it's a hell of a lot. So, you know, over over one lap race uh, pace, sorry. Uh, Lewis is, you know, certainly there. Um, Hamilton holds the first and second spot for most points finish streaks. Um, his most being a 48 streak. But then again, now the top 10 score points in Schumacher's days, it was a top six. So there's a bit of difference there, perhaps. Um, yeah, that's and the, fair. The one yeah. stat that I did find am- amazing was Schumacher stood stood on the podium in every single race in 2002, which I thought was quite amazing. All 17 races. Wow. That is, that is quite amazing, to be fair. Yeah. But if you look at the win ratio, so Schumacher had a win ratio of 29.64%. Uh, Lewis is currently on a win ratio of 36%. So Lewis is one. Is yeah, I say, However, yeah, they way both- higher. They both yeah. fall and pale into insignificance next to a certain Juan Manuel Fangio. They do. He's, he's won like 48, races, isn't he? Like, he's nearly 50%. He's won, he won <laughs> as many races as he lost. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that's right. But yeah, so so to go, Lewis has won uh, one in every three race races he's entered, which is quite a stat. So, okay. So, so give him more. In the modern era, is quite impressive, really, to be yes, fair. Yes, it is. It is. So are we going to come to a definitive answer? So do we? who do we think is better? Are we going to have a vote? So, Adam, who do you think is the GOAT? Sir Lewis. Sir Lewis. Rich, who do you think is the GOAT? Well, I think the GOAT is Jim Clark still, so this hasn't changed my <laughs> opinion. Uh, that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> if I have to choose between Michael Schumacher and Lewis Hamilton, um, by the way, I still what? think I it's think Fernando he... Alonso. By the way, <laughs> yeah, I don't know you did. If you're wrong, clearly, I mean, <laughs> we get you wrong on a lot of things, Dan. Um, I think that it's I. I do think it is really, really, really close. In all fairness, it's always difficult when you're comparing different eras. But I think down to the way he has. Uh, gone about it and I also think with an eye on the future and that more is to come I think Lewis is probably uh, as, as really yeah I do think he has I do think he just sneaks that definitely yeah that's fair I mean 
to, to my personal view, you're right. It's incredibly hard to compare eras. I think it, it, it almost makes it irrelevant and makes it impossible because there's so many differences. The sport's completely different. You know, there's so many different variables that it kind of makes it irrelevant. But for the point of our conversation, I don't want to make the last 45 minutes irrelevant. So I think, because <laughs> otherwise, what's the point in putting out the podcast? Um, I think Sir Lewis Hamilton just pips it. I think, I do think it's a close one. And when you look at some of the records that Schumacher had, you know, uh, I do think it's very close. But I'm going to plump for Lewis simply because he's still racing and he's still racing at the top of his game. So, you know, it's it's this close, and Lewis has not finished yet, and he could have another three, four seasons, and then he could quite clearly be the greatest of all time, if you're not called Fernando Alonso. But there you go. So... <laughs> so so that that was a uh, that was a pretty good debate. I I, I quite enjoyed that, and it it, it gave me a chance to look yeah. into Schumacher's career a lot more, really, because um, back in those days, you know, I was always a sort of Williams fan, uh, you know, Mansell and Hill and people like that. That sort of Schumacher kind of passed me by because I did begin to find it boring, and I didn't really like him as a racer as such back in the back in that day but actually looking at the cold hard facts of his career you know the, the man was a phenomenal driver and uh you know just yeah, because I, I, slightly I totally agree that. Yeah. yeah yeah i mean i mean yeah Lo- love him or hate him you can't take that aspect away right no, 100%. i have to say looking into it i agree with you dan i i because as i said earlier i had a few other things going on in my life and wasn't able to focus on f1 as much and you sort of look at it and, that, you know, at the time they were watching, you know, a, a legend in the making in Michael Schumacher. He really was phenomenal. Phenomenal. Yeah, definitely. And obviously, you know, um, uh, you know, keep fighting, Michael, and we all wish him well, uh, you know, with what's been going on the last few years. And, uh, yeah, you know, hopefully some positive news comes out at some point about him, really. So. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Let's move on to um, a bit more up to date then. Should we talk paint? Yeah, let's talk paint, shall we? Let, let's talk paint. So we had the livery. car reveals livery. So we had the car reveals uh, this past week. So everyone <laughs> has revealed their cars now, apart from Ferrari, who will be unveiling it in Bahrain uh, at the first test. So out of all the liveries we think that you've it's seen, be red, don't we? oh, it's definitely going to be red. Sure that's red. Definitely going to sure. be red. Yeah, we, we... <laughs> definitely going to be red. It, it wouldn't it be amazing if it wasn't? It came out and it was like white or something or something completely different. Oh. Green. It would be amazing. But there you go. It's, it's it not. Be be it's going to be red. Uh, it won't be. And it would be good. That yellow fly. That yellow. Ferrari yellow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ferrari yellow. That'd be amazing. But anyway, so so so, I assume you've had a chance to look at them all. So what what which one really jumps out at you currently, uh, Rich? I think. Well, I think they have to say, I think they're all going to look pretty good. I think it's going to be the best looking grids for years. We've we've not got a horrible pink thing going around. Um, (laughs) I think the Alpha Tauri looks fantastic and harks back to the old BMW Williams kind of days, that sort of really strong blue and white scheme. I think the Alpina, the Alpine looks brilliant. They've brought French racing blue back to the grid. I think that looks phenomenal. Um, and I have to say, the Aston Martin does look pretty nice. good, isn't it? It does look nice. So I'm, I'm with you. I love the Aston Martin, and I love the Aston Martin for a couple of reasons. Number one, I just think it looks great. Number two, I might be coming, I might be becoming a little bit of a fan of Lawrence Stroll Senior. Because okay. I read a couple of interviews with him. I read a couple of interviews oh. with him over the off season, mm-hmm. and and the man is taking it to Ferrari. Yes, he is. He is all. He is all about bringing back Aston Martin as the number one go-to luxury brand, and destroying Ferrari along the way. And one of the he's comments I read it, he made he? was. Yeah, he he said he said uh, we we at Aston Martin like he's been there the whole time. We at Aston <laughs> Martin 
have a distinguished have a distinguished 108 year legacy which last time i checked is at least 30 more than ferrari yeah and any man that's going to go out there and just just purely wind up ferrari is all right by me yeah so yeah, it was good. just really i just i was I was just really excited on top of all that, just, just, just to, to see the paint job. I think the car looks great. It's great to see Aston Martin on the grid. And then just to, just to start to read that backstory. Yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely have me, uh, me hooked. I yeah, mean, I still, think they've got, I, I still think they've got a lousy, I still think they've got a lousy driver lineup and they're never going to get anywhere with the two they've got, but that, that'll take care of itself in the coming it will, 24 months. It's kind of going back to the days of uh, uh, Enzo Ferrari calling the British team's garage garage nistas and things, isn't it? So uh, it'd be quite nice if, uh, if uh, exactly to wind them up. exactly quite interesting. Side so, side side note side note by the way, just very quick side note. If you haven't seen Ford versus Ferrari, that was that's a movie worth watching. Anyway, I digress. Yes, I it is. Yeah, Adam, I, did, I, I need to put that on my list, and I need to watch that. I I, I did I did not know the story. Um, and it was it was a, a much it was a different movie than I was expecting to see, and it was I I really enjoyed it I really enjoyed it that's all I'll say. Yeah, no, it's a very good movie. I, yeah, yeah I, I, think, movie I, I do like the fact I do like the fact I think we said it last year that Lawrence Stroll has not come into Formula One to um, cock about, shall we say? <laughs> yes, he has really come in to, to to and that's why he's taken that that Aston Martin brand and gone. Yeah, that's where we're going. And, mixing the, the, his ownership of Aston Martin into Formula One and what have you. So much so that in this last week, and I know deviating slightly from talking about how pretty the cars are at the moment, um, but I, I, and, and this happens kind of almost every year, I think, in Formula One in the off-season, but um, the VAG group have uh, reared their uh, head and stated that they might be interested in coming into Formula One with one of their plethora of brands, whether we'd see a Porsche Formula One team or a Audi or a Lamborghini or I'm pretty sure we won't see a Skoda one I don't think that would be a winner um but you know I, I think you know having a Volkswagen Porsche Audi kind of interest in 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 a future Formula One season is also uh, quite healthy as well so uh, um, we'll have to see how that sort of unfolds but I think yeah Lawrence Stroll is definitely making his mark shall we say yeah definitely so um yeah with the reveals um i mean yeah the 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 aston martin uh looks lovely and i and i loved their sort of big bang approach having tom brady um and daniel craig with the bond link um all part of the launch it goes back to the sort of mid 90s of the real big launches that you saw jordan have etc i quite like those big launches so this year you had uh, Alfa Romeo um, and uh, Aston Martin do a sort of big bang. I quite enjoyed that. Rather than just, you know, oh, it's reveal day. Here's a couple of photos and, uh, and that's it. I, I quite like those big events. Um, where's yeah, my bit, money? Bit of a shame go? about the Williams big event. Yeah, I know. That was a real shame. They, they, they ended up getting hacked because that was real, really quite exciting to be able to have augmented reality in, you know, in your own home, use your phone, and you can actually walk around and inspect every inch of the car. Uh, but the app ended up getting hacked just before launch day, uh, so they couldn't do it. I, I hope they, they end up still releasing yeah, that at some point because that would be fun. But yeah, it was a real shame. But where's my money going to go be. on the merchandise? Mm, I think it's going to go with Alpine Obviously, because Fernando oh, Alonso is there, but I think the yeah. big shop there. Nor yes. you are going to spend a lot of money on Alpine stuff, Mister Knight. They be, <laughs> aren't you? I, I don't know. I have to say, I think, I, I think the, um, I think, the, I don't know. I'm a bit, I'm undecided on the new Mercedes. To be fair, it's still black at the front end, isn't it? But then they have got the engine yes. covers kind of paint, yes. how you yes. kind of graded it silver. I'm undecided, but I think it looks all right. Um, disappointed with the Williams, to be honest. I think I'm a little bit disappointed with the Williams. Have you seen the hats? I think it... yes. That's just Russian. That's got but the I... Russian flag on it. It's not like about. I quite like it. It almost, particularly with yeah, the number in like the it. circle, I... it goes back to kind of yeah. retro, almost like IndyCar like a... style uh, livery. No, it, it looks, looks like yeah. it looks like a Hesketh from the seventies. Yeah, yeah, it's it's very like true. Yeah, I've, yeah. Yeah, I was I was going to bring up the Haas because yeah, I I, I really like it, really like yeah, it. Yeah, I think it's got a fun. And I'm, and I'm and I'm and I'm with you. I'm with you, Rich. I was a little bit disappointed in the Williams. I like the idea of, of returning to the the blues and the yellows of of the kind of 
uh, Mansell years, but eh, I, I don't think I would take it in in um, in exchange for them. You know, the having the Martini livery back. Yeah, but, yeah, that, that yeah we'll was, see. Maybe 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 it maybe it will evolve some more. I don't think it's a livery that will stand the test of time. I don't think you'll look back in a few years and think that you know that that, that that's a wonderful car. Looks a bit like a tiger shout, perhaps, but um, yeah, no. you know, here you go. Um, and have you noticed? So, yeah. so I mean, most of these cars, you know, you can't. They're going to hide any sort of uh, any aero bits that they've um, done some tricky trickery with and things. So, you know, these cars aren't really the the uh, same cars that are going to turn up uh, at the first race, which is now in Bahrain. Um, but there's Correct. a, a new bulge Correct. that has appeared on the engine cover of all the Mercedes cars. It looks like they've done some engine development there and redesigned the engine slightly. So that'd be interesting to see uh, what that bulge is covering up and uh, what it's uh, what the engine can do. So it's quite interesting. Quite interesting. I, and I hope you're not always Ferrari. interested in understanding. I hope you're not understanding. Not always interested in understanding what a bulge is contained. <laughs> Daniel. Always, always, always. <laughs> that would worry me. But yeah, I, I have to say that if you have a look at Plan B, actually the McLaren does look really quite nicely, tightly packaged it at does, the rear. Yes. So yes, I think they does. they work. I think they've worked very hard. That McLaren could be very good, and you know, carrying on with their orange and blue theme uh, yes, looks nice. Alfa Romeo looks nice again as well. But I've always quite liked that that sort of yep. um, uh, the Alfa look. I think it looks quite smart. So. Uh, yeah, I think it's gonna be a good. It's gonna be a good looking grid of cars next. Yes, year, it's gonna be a good looking grid of cars. It really is. It really is. Okay, so so, so uh, you know we we come to the end now. So thank you very much for your time, boys. It's been very much appreciated, and it's been fun as always. Um, and for those of you at home, I I hope you've enjoyed this week's podcast. Um, I'm sure you have your own thoughts on whether Hamilton or Schumacher is the goat, or indeed somebody else, such as Fernando Alonso. Um, and indeed, I'd love to hear Impulse. your thoughts. Sorry, you're <laughs> I'd love to hear your thoughts on the new cars uh, revealed so far as well. Uh, so, if you do have any views, you can send them on Twitter to at lights underscore f one. So, until next time, goodbye and drive safely. Uh, 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 uh.